Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone is having an absolutely blessed day today, as always. Hope you guys are staying strong and healthy and constantly getting the right supplements in your body on a regular basis. And as you guys know, the product of the week, the Magnesium Brain Food on sale right now is product of the week for over 15% off. Be sure to check that out. I had a, a lister customer email me earlier asking me about some stuff that's going on as far as with um, uh, breastfeeding and also with formula and the options with goat's milk. As I said before, we do have the goat's milk formula on the front webpage. If you want to have the actual, it's under latest articles. If you want to actually have that book and be able to use it, it's the Eat Clean and Be Healthy uh, cookbook as far as that we have is uh, with that formula in it that you can go and you can order right on the website, the Eat Clean and Be Healthy book. And so that's if you want to have that on hand all the time, not have to worry about digital copies or anything like that. Order the book. It's always, I mean, it's super cheap. We have inventory ready to ship. A lot of people order them just with their regular orders. It's nineteen eighty nine. Check it out on the website. It's one of the last cookbooks that Sharon ever did. Incredibly good book. Incredibly good formulas and recipes in it. But that has the goat's milk formula in it that you can make copies of and also give it to people if you want to. I never care about that. Continue to encourage people to get good formulas in their children, their infants, if they're not able to breastfeed because a lot of the formulas on the market like, uh, gosh, I've talked about them before with the corn syrup solids and the, the garbage they put in this stuff, man. And you're putting into a little newborn baby. Do your own research, please. There's a lot of different areas in the United States you can get good goat's milk from, and it makes a really great formula when you stack it together like we put together in the Eat Clean and Be Healthy cookbook. So be sure to check that out on the website at healthmasters.com. And also, too, I was reading another email that somebody had sent me, and they said the magnesium brain food, this, this is what they said, and I quote, they said the magnesium brain food literally extended my elderly family's life. She couldn't even stand up until she took this formula and uh, basically said it's a miracle, miracle vitamin, and uh, I really appreciate that feedback and support. We get a lot of those emails like that on this formula, how good it does, especially now. Getting, for, getting information and feedback from people that are dealing with family members with Alzheimer's, dementia, so forth, and this product seems to have really good results for that. Again, I can't make any claims or statements on that, but it appears that it does have significant uh, benefits when taken. And also, too, another one that I've had a lot of people tell me on is athletes with leg cramps. Also, too, another one is people have talked to me about it actually helping with tinnitus, ringing in the ears. Now, again, that's not something that I can say it's definitely for that, but I get feedback on it. And when I start getting feedback from different people that are unrelated about the same topics, obviously it's having a positive effect in that direction. So be sure to check that product out on sale right now. It's product of the week over the weekend. One of the first things I wanted to get out of today is this is very interesting. I'm going to have to do some more research and kind of figure out where this is going. Uh, for the first time now in the union's history, 88-year history, the United Auto Workers Union, uh, the union has mobilized a full-blown strike against Detroit's big three automakers, General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis, the producer of Chrysler. Negotiations for a four-year labor contract between UAW and three automotors broke down last night, triggering a strike at several manufacturing plants. At least 13,000 workers have now abandoned their workstations as of today, and uh, they're expecting this to go much higher by next week. They walked out of the factories belonging to the big three, including the Ford Motor Company plant in Michigan that makes the Broncos SUVs and trucks, the General Motors factory in Missouri that assembles the Chevy Colorado and other pickup trucks, and the Stellantis Nevada plant, excuse me, the Stellantis NV plant in Ohio 
that builds Jeep Wranglers and the Jeep Wrangler uh, Gladiators, which is interesting as well. As I used to have a Wrangler back in the day, and they're fun vehicles. They're really, really good off-road, especially if you build them up a little bit right. Um, not the best on-road handling. They Even everything you do with the steering, you still get a lot of wobble with them, and it's just because of the short wheelbase and how they are. But as far as off-road, really cool vehicles. But in other news with this, though, um, this is a serious issue when it comes to vehicle manufacturing and getting up with the market. Now, if you've got these vehicles and you've already got newer ones, then they're probably going to hold a really good resale value over the next year. If you're trying to get them for work vehicles or stuff like that, this might be an issue. But they're, uh, the United Auto Workers are demanding a 46% pay increase. They want to work 32 hours a week with 40 hours of pay, and they want to restore all traditional pensions. The issue that's arising with this now that we've seen over the decades of this is legacy cost with these manufacturers. And what that means is you start having more and more people that are continuing to retire that have been ongoing now for decades and these pensions and increasing wages. And what happens is the amount of money and expenditures that continues to grow almost exponentially with legacy costs and paying these pensions continues to go up so dramatically, which means obviously the price of the vehicles have to go up. The cost of everything continues to go up. And so what's happened is now these guys that are working, I guess, these, these unions, they want to be paid more. And I can't blame them in some cases. I mean, some of this stuff's, you know, a lot of grueling work that they're end up doing. But on the other hand, too, it reaches a point to where it's not sustainable from a business standpoint. If you have dips in sales, if you have manufacturing costs that go up and you start having such insane legacy costs. And I don't know, I've not researched the actual profitability from Ford or GM. I know Ford is doing some really, really stupid stuff right now in the EV market because they're getting federal grants and they're essentially raising the prices on all their pickup trucks and F-250s and F-150s to almost exponential, just insane growth prices that isn't even sustainable for some people to buy, while at the same time their EV Lightning is getting discounts and rebates and federal grants to be even more affordable. As I've told you guys before, you already know what's going on with the EV sector and why they're pushing it so hard. That way they can have all the cameras in the vehicles, they can monitor everything you do, can monitor the electricity that you spend or you burn or you utilize, then also to control your uh, charging habits and so forth. So we know why they're doing this. But again, this is going to be interesting as far as in the automotive world. This strike goes on for any significant period of time. You're going to see a massive backlog in inventory because remember, a lot of stuff's already in the pipeline. Stuff that's gotten manufactured, you know, two three months ago is usually starting to get to dealers. You know, usually it'll take anywhere from four to eight weeks for a vehicle to get from the manufacturer to the dealer. Sometimes a little bit longer, sometimes a little bit less. So you're going to see vehicles coming in the pipeline. But this right now, if this stalls, you're going to see by the end of the year when a lot of people are trying to get inventory in or trying to buy trucks for write-offs or business vehicles, it's going to be very, very difficult to do. Uh, so just want to give everybody a heads up on that as well. And then to add insult to injury with Homeland Security, this now they have been awarded 30 – they have awarded 34 grants to as many organizations – with a total of $20 million whose role will to be go undergoing training in order to flag potential online extremist speech of Americans. I kid you not. This is how far-fetched and how out of control DHS has now gotten. They said the grant money will be spent for, and I quote, targeted violence and terrorism prevention grant program for fiscal year, while the recipients include local law enforcement, mental health providers, universities, churches – and school districts, according to DHS, the program, which ironically will be headed by FEMA, is the only federal one of its kind whose goal 
is allegedly to helping local communities develop and strengthen their com- com- combatability and combating target violence and extremism. Those given the money from the grant funds are expected to deliver prevention programs at the community level that would stop violence and terrorism, as well as come up with innovative prevention ideas and identity prevention that practices that can be replicated. Now, all that word salad that they're putting out there is literally code for one thing, full-blown monitoring, targeting, and flagging of anyone that says anything online that they don't agree with. I can guarantee you 100% this is not going to be going after some type of al-Qaeda extremist or some type of crazy lunatic. This is going to be going after now. You're going to start putting a microscope on local people saying local things on local forums, local chats, social media, and they're going to be monitoring it and dragnetting all of it. So if you say anything that's remotely hateful or offensive or could possibly hurt someone's feelings, it's going to be flagged in a database, and then it's going to be scrubbed whether or not you're a potential terrorist. This is very disturbing when it comes to free speech online. This, again, is another reason why I told you guys yesterday about when we discussed 9-11 and Homeland Security and everything that developed after that. This all stems back to the 9-11 false flag and all those people dying because they had to have an excuse to be able to put this agency in place in order to monitor, control, and build this Gestapo state, I guess you could say, with Homeland Security. But what they're saying now, when I'm you know, reading, you guys can look at all the grant money they're spending and where they're giving it to, but essentially they're building an enclave of a group of individuals. Like I said, they're going from hospitals to universities to churches to school districts. This is going to be a grid, guys. This is going to be a complete and total grid they want to build for anybody that says, oh, I heard so-and-so say something in church. To, you know, He basically said, we're not going to deal with this nonsense anymore. Oh, that, was, oh, that was hateful. You know, go, ahead and go ahead and put his name on the system, flag him, You know, because essentially what they're doing is they're building a giant database of confidential paid informants, just like the FBI does. That's what this is doing. And they're using basically snitches just like they did in Gestapo Germany, just like they did in Berlin, just like they did in Russia. It always comes back to the same stinking tactics every time that the banker boys love to control, love to promote, and love to fund. And that's having the ability for people to snitch and spy on one another because that is the most effective way to change the comprehensive manner of how people talk. And that is the way you change the fabric of society and the societal norms is by making people scared to speak freely and stand up freely. Well, I got news for you guys. Speak freely. Don't be shy. Don't be subtle. Obviously, use wisdom with what you say and who you say it around, meaning don't say just erroneous, stupid stuff that doesn't need to be said. But when it comes to speaking freely and speaking correctly and speaking about biblical values, don't ever censor yourself on that for any person. I don't care what they say or what they threaten you with. What do you think, Dad? What's your, uh, how are you doing this morning? Uh, good morning, Austin. Absolutely great intro. Um, you, wow, so much stuff to cover. Okay, magnesium brain food. <clears throat> I take a tablespoon a day. I know it's expensive. Very, very, very costly product to make, but boy, does it work. And it also goes into the blood-brain barrier and helps to pull heavy metals out. Okay, that's what it does. In addition to that, magnesium is an antagonist to calcium, and calcium is what hardens the arteries. Calcium builds up inside of the body. That's why you should never take calcium supplements, and you should never drink water that has calcium in it and you know mineralized water, that kind of stuff. Really important because this helps to keep these arteries clean, which then affects 
coronary artery problems that people have have bypass surgery for. I mean, doctors have actually cut their latex gloves before while performing bypass surgery on a heart because there's so much calcium inside the arteries and they're so hard, like little razor blades in there, and there's big sheets of calcium in there, and they got to do bypass to get around it. And so what ends up happening is, you know, this builds up throughout the entire body. It's not just the heart. It's inside of the brain. It's inside of the capillaries. It's everywhere you start having this. This is the big problem that you have with people with diabetes because they start having decreased circulation because of the insulin because the insulin hardens the arteries also. And what ends up happening is then the insulin basically hardens the arteries. Arteries stop producing or allowing the blood to flow. You have an unbelievable amount of blood restriction, oxygen deprivation. The limb starts going bad, starts getting gangrene, amputation. It does the same thing in the eyes, you know, with calcium and with insulin and diabetes. And so it's so important that you keep the calcium levels down in your system. And it's so important that you take magnesium because that helps to dissolve the calcium. And so the mechanism behind how the magnesium brain food works is kind of like a mystery, I guess. But we know what it does, and we know how it makes you feel, and we know how it gets rid of brain fog. Could it be increased blood flow? Could it be decreased calcium deposits in the brain? Could it be decreased heavy metals in the brain? I don't know. Don't know. I mean, there's no clinical blind double study being done on that, basically dissecting human brains and after people have been taking the product. I mean, it's it's one of those things you really can't test. All I know is that it works, and it works really, really well. I mean, the first time we released that product, probably seven, eight years ago now, I was on the Hagman Show. We did a big release on it. And boy, I tell you, people started buying it like crazy, and they've kept buying it for all these years. And so it's a great, great, great product. And uh, I really feel blessed to have that product in our arsenal of products, and I absolutely love that product personally. And it tastes good, too. That's the thing. You miss it. You take a, t- a tablespoon of that with about a teaspoon of total rest. Oh, my gosh, does that relax you. And it gives you mental focus and clarity. And it tastes like Hawaiian punch, yeah, you know, without a bunch of chemicals. Throw <laughs> a little bit of ice in it and have it with a meal. It's, it's really good. Or just sit around and sip it, you know, while you're, you know, watching online TV or, or basically, you know, listening to the Ted Austin Brower Show. You say, ah, oh, I'm drinking magnesium brain food with total rest right now while I'm listening to Ted Austin. And by the way, thank you for your support. I prayed for you guys again this morning. It's been an interesting time to be alive. Right now, we have a lot of people out there that are just really, really stressed out. and They really are upset about certain things. And I want you to know something. I'm praying for you. And I want you to know that, you know, that we can get through all this together. If, you know, Austin and I, we, you know, he lost his mom and I lost Sharon over a year ago now. And we've got through this together. And we're continuing to get through all of the things that are happening with the, you know, the old world order trying to come back with all the Klaus Schwab's and all the weirdos. And we're going to stand firm in the word of God. And we're going to always put Jesus first. And we're going to always keep on the full armor of God. And we're going to always dig in. And I know you guys will, too, because, guys, my mom used to always say, if you give up, you lose. That's just a fact, isn't it? If you're running a 100-yard dash and you just stop and give up at the 80-yard line, uh, you know, you're probably not going to win the race. In fact, I can guarantee unless everybody else quits at the same time, you're not going to win the race. And everybody's probably going to go into default. That's the key you've got to have. You've got to continue to fight and fight and fight against this and say we're not going to put up with it. By the way, the corporate executives now, especially these guys at GM and Ford and Chrysler who get these huge bonuses every year and who basically don't want to give the people the money they need to have to live because of the massive inflation that we've had and because they made really bad decisions 100 years ago with the socialism and all the other things they've done with the workforce and all the legacy costs and all of the pensions that have to be paid. I mean, some of these guys are making 60 70 percent of the money they made as a worker on the UAW line you know, when they retire. And that, that type of model is unsustainable. 
It is. They want a 40% pay increase right now. They wouldn't want to work 32 hours a week. They want a 40%, you know, I think it's 37% pay increase, 40% pay increase over what they're currently making. That means the vehicle costs that have gone through the roof already are going to go further through the roof. So this is a real funny place for all of us to be in. But the corporate execs are calling the workers lazy, and they wish economic misery to remind them who's boss. Whoa, this is a hard article to read. Since the beginning of COVID, employees have gained a lot of leverage, benefiting from remote work options and higher wage demands. However, the favorable period may be coming to an end. Some corporate executives now call workers lazy, with one exec suggesting that the economic pain will be needed to remind people that they work for the employer and not the other way around. At an investor conference hosted by Morgan Stanley Rothschild on Wednesday, Barry Biffle, CEO of Budget Airlines Frontier Group Holdings, said, we've got lazy in COVID. I mean, seriously, people are still allowing people to work from home. All this silliness, right? Biffle's comments highlight the push by corporate America to impose more strict in-office mandates after productivity declines materialized shortly after the proliferation of remote work. Wow, this is crazy. And, you know, you know, the thing about all of this stuff is that people don't realize that when people, you know, work from home, there are a lot of things that are going to be distractions to them. There are. But as long as they're putting the, the effort in and they're doing what they need to do and there's no other choices – I can see why that could be possible and why it could be necessary, especially if you're trying to find a person who's a high-value employee in a different area. But the problem is, like I talked about yesterday, and if you missed yesterday's show, you really need to hear it. I talked about how the corporate culture in America promotes just 60, 70, 80-hour work weeks by putting people on salary versus you know, by the hour to allow the employer to take advantage of the people that are basically working for them and telling them if they don't do what needs to be done as a team effort you know, for the company, for this new startup and the new opportunity they have, that they'll be terminated and they'll find somebody else. And they make all these promises to them at the end of the rainbow that never, that never materializes. And I've seen that so much. I, mean, I remember I was working with this company in Tallahassee when I first got out with my MBA many years ago. It was a microwave oven company before I knew how bad microwaves were. And I remember they were they had they put me on salary and I was managing and running this retail location in Governor Square Mall. And it went to sixty hour work weeks. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, I was working twelve hour days, five days a week for salary. And then they had me, you know, they had no commission, no bonuses, no anything. And I and finally after just about a month or two months of that, I just I burned out on it. Like I couldn't deal with it anymore. I had to be, you know, I, I had I had to go teach college and I had to run straight to work and then I had to come to this. I was working eighty hours a week just with those two, and then I had enough of it and I started health masters. Then I was working hundred hour work weeks. But it was one of those things that, you know, when you push yourself and you grind yourself like that, it's best to, to own your own thing, do your own thing, because that way, if you have another job and you can subsidize your income with the other job, if you start your own business or your own whatever you want to do profession, at that point, you can subsidize the income, you know, from the other job. But just make sure you still give your employer, you know, what they're paying for. That's really important with that, too, because I always did that. But just be careful with this stuff and don't allow these guys who tell you how lazy you're being, who are making their $100 million bonuses per year, that maybe that, you know, you, 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 they're, they're, they're what they would, this is a surf thing is what this is. The vast majority of these organizations are run by the Kabbalist, Luciferian, Synagogue of Satan, period. And they want, it, they want you a slave. They don't want you asking questions. They don't want you doing what you need to do in order to be free of them. They want to give you just enough money to pay your bills but not give you freedom if that makes any sense. Very, very important. By the way, and also was talking about the grant money to stop free speech. You know, we all, you know, we laughed. We laughed about Barack Obama and Salazar and all the rest of those guys and the community organizer stuff. 
I remember Sarah Palin was making fun of Barack Obama because he'd been a community organizer. Let me say something to you about being in your community and organizing it and working at the grassroots level. It's extremely powerful, and it can change entire neighborhoods. It can change entire counties. It can change entire states. The churches have learned this too. They've learned how to have in-home Bible studies all over the county on Sunday night now rather than having church on Sunday night and having people become more of a part of a group and part of an association by doing that. And it's causing massive church growth all over the country. The biggest problem that you run into, a lot of times these little Bible studies decide to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and the person who's leading it starts their own church. That happens also. But that's not that big of a deal either if they can maintain a church and get the word of God out and tell people the truth because it's, basically what it allows you to do is to diversify yourself from the main body with all of the overhead and all of the cost of the buildings and the, all the other stuff that they do. I had another friend of mine right now who's a major pastor right now, and he's got all kinds of other problems you know, with, you know, with state attorney generals and all kinds of other stuff. And, and the guy's clean as a whistle. But when you get to a certain level and you start really affecting a lot of people – a lot of times people start lying about you and dropping dimes on you and start saying things about you and getting you in trouble. So all of this stuff, we need to realize that the community organization stuff, keeping things at the grassroots and making people realize that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in the privacy of your own home and talking to them and having a real Bible study means a lot to a lot of people. And we just need to understand that. Now, I want to do one more thing, and I want to talk about this, too. This is so important. You know, we've got a whole global takeover now by the Kabbalist Luciferian sect. Now, let me just stop this for a second. This started about 1820 when they decided they were going to bring Israel back and rebuild the Third Temple. All right, This is all the Masonic Lodge stuff. And they decided to go ahead and take Palestine. This all happened 100 years before it happened and restart Israel. And then what happened, we had the Schofield Reference Bible that was written by Darby initially as far as the teachings. And then Schofield started it. And then Schofield basically was promoted by Samuel Untermeyer, who's a huge, huge, huge Zionist, into all of the Oxford, in the Oxford Press. And they distributed these Schofield Reference Bibles to all the major Christian universities and seminaries and theological universities all over the world to promote the importance of Israel as far as you know, the end times in the book of Revelation which now has permeated into the entire culture of evangelical churches. You know, they really believe that without Israel being supported by everybody, that we're being creating a disservice to God rather than looking at the fact that Israel and Palestine and the shooting of children for sport and what they did to the Palestinians to throw them out has been unreal. And how we've attacked, you know, Egypt, we've attacked Libya, and we've attacked all these different Muslim countries in the Middle East – on behalf of Israel. Now, you, you don't have to believe that if you don't want to, but you do your own research on it. You know, you know, James Traffigan talked about that, how we become, you know, Israel's, mm-hmm, you know, the word starts with a B, and that they control, you know, both houses of Congress. And so when we understand that all this is happening and we realize that with Theodore Herschel and the rest of these guys pushing the Zionism, when we had the Treaty of Versailles at the end of World War One, they wanted their League of Nations. Their League of Nations was going to put all of these countries that were being controlled with the central banks from the Rothschild banking cartel under one umbrella. And, of course, it didn't get approved because that syphilis-infected Wilson brought it back to the United States, and nobody wanted it because everybody knew it was going to start World War II. Okay? Well, they did exactly what you know we knew they were going to do. They started World War II from it by disarming Germany and making Germany pay all these war reparations and then actually funding and backing Hitler to go into power to create what they wanted to create. Now, all of this stuff happened, and then Hitler got off the chain through off the, through the international banking cartels out like right around 1937, and that's when the whole world went against Germany to destroy it. All of this stuff happened 
to bring us into the United Nations and to basically form the nation of Israel. All of it, all these machinations started in the early 1800s because they knew that they had to basically rebuild the third temple because the book of Thessalonians tells them that the Antichrist is going to walk out on the temple steps and is going to basically declare himself God. He's going to basically shed his own blood you know, with the spirit of destiny. We talked about this the other day in the Holy of Holies and come out and tell everybody he's God. Well, that's where they're trying to take all of this stuff. And when the United Nations came in, it also brought us the World Health Organization through the United Nations. The United Nations is completely and totally controlled by the Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan banking community that worship Lucifer and these other fallen entities. That's the little summary I'm just going to give you guys. That's about as simple as I can make it without going to dates and details and names. And quite frankly, that would take the entire show, and I don't want to do that. But this is where we find ourselves now, and within the, then what they decided to do was to bring us a pandemic. Remember, I told you guys seven, eight years ago when we started the show, they're not going to nuke us. They're not going to do that. They're going to use biologicals against us. That's how they're going to take over the planet. And a lot of you guys sent me letters, well, that's not going to happen. We're going to get nuked. I said, no, we're not going to get nuked. They're not going to destroy their own infrastructure. They don't want to do that again. That's what God did in Genesis chapter 6. They had the infrastructure of the pyramid set up to create this giant energy envelope around the planet in which they could control the hearts and the minds of the people in the planet and control their thoughts. That's why I said every thought of every man was evil all the time. God saw that. He knew that that wasn't going to work. They had that whole entire internal structure had to come apart, and he split the continents apart, which basically turned off the magnetic ley lines and all these places underneath these pyramids that had all this water that basically changes its form at about 200 meters per second. All of this stuff got shut down. And it has taken them thousands and thousands of years now to rebuild the infrastructure with 5G and 6G that Donald Trump put in. Never forget that. In the middle of the night, some it was ridiculous. You drive, you drive down the interstate. They shut everything down. Two weeks later, you go down the interstate. There's four 5G towers set up. I mean, where, where in the world did they get the manpower to put those things up that fast? And you're like, where the heck did all this stuff come from? And now it's just part of the landscape. Nobody notices it anymore. So I said all that to say this. This is an article that says the global takeover is in its final stages. World Health Organization, Rothschild, pandemic treaty, the amendments to the international health regulations, Rothschilds, and the global One Health Agenda are all part of a Rothschild coup for a global power grab because they can control us through fear. They can control us by reducing our population. They can control us by changing our DNA. The globalist plan for our future can be summarized as global dominion by a few and total control of the masses, feudal system. The this hunger games we're talking now. The technocratic cabal has control over most of, not all, of governments, as well as the bureaucratic structure of the WHO. Remember I told you that, the technocratic cabal, we're talking about the Rothschild, talking about banking cartels. 85% of its funding comes from private entities, so it's owned by private interests, that would be Rothschilds. Based on the current treaty draft and proposed IHR amendments, it's clear that the mRNA-based vaccines will be mandatory under the WHO's power structure. Good luck. That's all I can say with you guys in Polk County. Good luck. will be mandatory under the WHO's power structure, and these vaccines will be made in 100 days by skipping human trials. Under the treaty, as currently written, nations will be required to surveil and censor social media, which is exactly what Austin talked about, the grant money to stop free speech. Ties that all together right now. This is what they're going to do. In this September, for first, it already happened, 2023, Dr. Merrill Nass, a bioware, software, and epidemics expert, exposed this treaty posed by the World Health Organization, the pandemic treaty, and the amendments to the international health regulations, which add to its further strengthening the WHO powers under the treaty. The WHO's One Health Agenda is also part of this power grab. Nass also recently published an article, the WHO proposed treaty will increase 
man-made pandemics. I'm going to post that one also, in which she reviews the history of biological warfare and the role of -of gain-of-function research where we are right now and what the globalist plan for our future is. It is imperative that everyone understand what the plan is because we can only stop it by actually rejecting it in mass. This is very, very, very important that we understand this because if we don't understand who these people are and what they're doing, it's not going to make any sense. This goes back to the same thing I've told you guys a dozen times on the show, a hundred times on the show. We are being controlled by ancient Canaanite religions, period. That's who's been running the planet for that. It has nothing to do with the Jews. They claim to be Jews, but they are not. They are the synagogue of Satan. It says that twice in the, in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation. What it has to do with is the people that are Satanists and Luciferians and who worship the stake in a tree called Einsoft that are Kabbalists who want to have a hermaphroditic agenda. They run the planet. The ones who want human sacrifice and abortion and everything else, they run the planet. They run the banking sector. They run the major corporations, and they tell you that you're lazy because you don't want to work 100 hours a week. That's the people who run the planet. That's the people who do this. And when we understand that and we see it, we can expose them because these roaches that are doing this, they don't like a bright floodlight. You know, I remember, you know, when I was a kid, you know, we didn't have this is back way back when and we didn't have exterminators in the house because mom didn't want to have poison in the house, which is really not a bad idea. You can use boric acid. Now it works just as well. It doesn't poison everything. And I remember we were basically, you know, you walk into the kitchen every once in a while, you see a roach, you flip a light on a roach and run and go hide. That's what this show does. It puts a floodlight on the roaches. And it lets everybody see who they are in aggregate, in mass. And if we allow that to continue, if we continue to expose these roaches, they don't like the bright light. They do their, they do their deeds in the darkness. They don't want to be exposed for who they are. It's, 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 it's by night. It's like, it's, like, it's like Kennedy's speech to the newspaper publishers. You know, we're being controlled by this vast conspiracy. You know, they, 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 they do all this stuff through, through, through covet means and through they basically, you know, not you know, armies by day, but, you know, things at night. And they, they lie and they hide and they cheat and everything else. And that's why he said he was going to expose them before he got out of office. And he was going to stop this monolithic conspiracy, he said. Guys, we're in Kennedy's shoes now. That'd be you and me and Austin, our families and you guys. We've got to expose this mess and tell everybody who they are and what they're doing. Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to serve the Most High God all the days of my life. I'm going to follow Jesus. Because I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit to the best of my ability. Now, we're all perfect? Absolutely not. We're all going to sin, but that's what grace is for. But we need to realize something, guys. We've got to be vocal. It's sitting on the corner now and being sheepish and not talking to your friends about this mess. It's not working anymore. They're taking over too much stuff now, especially in the school systems. Get into your local school boards and start raising cane with them about this hermaphroditic agenda with these transgenders. And tell them, no, not in our county. We're not doing this. Uh, What do you think, Austin? What's your next story? Uh, you're exactly right, man. The propaganda and the rhetoric is becoming so insanely aggressive. You know, over last night I was going over some articles and looking at some news stories from the mainstream because I always have to do that. You got to keep both both sides of things that are going on to further understand how to go in a certain direction. And it's funny I saw a news conference with the New York governor Kathy Hochul, and she says point blank last night she goes, "Tell everyone." Do not rely on the fact that you had a vaccine in the past. It will not help you this time around. You need to get your COVID shot immediately. You need to get your booster. 
It's a new vaccine designed to attack the new variant, she said. It's literally a new vaccine. It's a new vaccine built specifically to match the circulating strains. It doesn't matter if you've already been vaccinated. Take no comfort in that. Thank you for getting vaccinated in the past, but that is not going to protect you today. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't. I can't read anymore. Of what she it's said. such garbage. It's such garbage. And then I'm sitting there. I'm laughing my butt off because I'm sitting there looking at this and I'm going, you know, even if like the reality of this shot was actually something that was somehow beneficial, you got to look at it. Is this has to be the biggest failure of a vaccine that's ever, ever, ever occurred in existence. It doesn't matter if you got your last one last week. Oh, no, that one's no good now. You need to get your new booster this week. Actually, we need to start working on our daily booster shots. Get your daily booster. Maybe it'll last until you get out to your car. We don't know. Just keep getting your shot. Maybe you'll die soon. Maybe you won't. Who knows? We'll see. It's safe and effective because we said it, even though there's no backing to it whatsoever. And it just it cracks me up to no end. And like I told you guys yesterday, and I, I laugh sarcastically because it's really sad as far as what they're doing because a lot of people are going to go along with this. But when you see the level of propaganda that's building again, just like I told you it was going to do last month, I said they're going to start up on this again. I said Pfizer's got a new shot coming out, and Pfizer needs to make more billions of dollars. Pfizer's sales are massively down. Their shares are massively down this year. They don't like that. They like making their $100 billion a year off their COVID and all their other shots they keep rolling out. They, they like making that much money. They've got to keep the money flowing. They've got to keep people getting sicker and sicker. So in turn, it continues to keep the medical industrial complex expanding further. Remember what I've told you guys all the time. Healthy people don't make hospitals money. It's just newsflash. It's just, just a fact of life. Healthy people that don't get sick and take care of themselves naturally and eat clean and drink clean water and take natural supplements and if they do happen to get a cold, they stay at home and you know burn through it for a couple days and take their supplements, they don't make hospitals any money. The majority of hospitals also don't make massive money off you know, an injury like, say, like a, a broken wrist. I mean they don't make some money off of it. They'll try to extract their pound of flesh out of the insurance companies. But in reality, at the end of the day, they make a couple grand off of it, x-ray, you know, they set the wrist or something. Okay, whatever. They make their money off reoccurring, unhealthy, sick people that have to constantly be coming back into the doctor's office week after week month after month, year after year, continually on more drugs. The drugs are the primary driving factor for monetary engagements with these systems now that we've seen. The drugs make enormous amounts of money for the pharmaceutical companies and for the hospitals. And the amount of kickbacks and the bribery schemes, I guess you could say, are lobbying. I always love the, the lobbying from the pharmaceutical companies. We're going to give you guys, you know, a 20% bonus on all the uh, statin drugs that you prescribe. And, you know, it's just a bonus. We're just lobbying you to make sure everybody stays healthy with their heart with statins. It's a complete and total lie. It's incentivizing the doctors to make sure they push everybody on statin drugs that they blatantly know they don't need for cholesterol levels that are probably mostly in good ranges to continue to keep them sicker so they have to come back to the doctor to go on more drugs to come out the side effects from statin drugs. Watched it happen dozens of times with people that I know and customers that I know and emails and phone calls that I've dealt with year after year after year, and so is dad. That's why I continually tell you, Really do your own research before you start doing stuff. This on a whim that they're doing now with these COVID shots, this is all about using fear, the fear of missing out, the fear of getting sick, the fear of COVID. All these things are made up fear, so to speak. You know, is the COVID virus running around? Can it get you sick? It's whatever it is. 
I mean, no, I don't think anybody fully understands what they manipulated and what they rolled out. We know it's a variation of the flu. We know everybody that's gotten it, usually if they're healthy, recovers from it. You know that if you go to the hospital and they put you on remdesivir, and ventilator, they're probably going to kill you, high probability percentage. Then the hospital gets enormous amounts of funds from it. So we know all these things. And then when you have like this governor coming out now and doing literally this 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 ad campaign for Pfizer, essentially what she's doing, and continually telling everybody, oh, you need to take this customized vaccine. It's an all-new vaccine. It just makes me laugh. And then you have the complete opposite now, where the mainstream media has literally been eviscerating Ron DeSantis for the last three days because he came out. With Doctor with the Lapato, our Surgeon General in Florida, and did a conference with him, and they said blatantly, and I quote: "I have directed our apartments to do is provide guidance that really recommends and advises against anyone use anyone using the RNA COVID nineteen vaccine for people under sixty five. We do not recommend anyone gets it." Okay, so you got a complete and total flop side here. You got Florida down here, the governor, saying that they don't recommend really anybody get the shot at all. They're advising against it unless you're 65 or up, which I don't know why they're adding that in there. To me, I I don't advise anybody gets it, period. But I guess they have to try to keep keep pharmaceutical companies kind of happy so Pfizer doesn't get totally mad that some people aren't getting it down here. I don't know. It's theater. I mean, if it's not safe for the 64, if not safe for somebody at 66, how the heck is that supposed to work? You know, we're, we're, oh, if you're under 65, we advise against it. Don't get it. If you're over 65, yeah, it's okay. You can go ahead and get it. I mean, what kind of stupid ideology is that? But then on the other hand, too, it's at least refreshing to see the governor and essentially the Surgeon General down here in Florida calling out and saying, listen, this is not what we think it is. This shot has not been tested at all. This thing's been completely modified now. It's RNA gene therapy that's now been rolled out. They're now saying that all children, six-month-olds and up, need to get the booster shot immediately, even though the first batch that was given to these six-month-olds and up still wasn't even safe or trialed at all for any significant length of time. Yet now this experimental one's got an emergency use authorization. I told you guys that yesterday for six-month-olds and up. When are the emergency uses going to be done? The answer is I don't think they will. Tyrants don't give up power quickly. They don't give up power easily. And they sure as heck don't voluntarily you know, give up power by just because they think it's out of the best interest of their heart. This is what we're watching now is the tyrants – are sitting there going, no, 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 no. The emergency use now has been a very effective tool. I mean, you want to talk about excessive use of it. I mean, you go back COVID for years. I mean, it was just like everything was emergency use, emergency use, public health emergency use. And they realized they could use it as this loophole to come in and push this agenda. And ironically enough, now, like I said, at least down here in Florida, we've got a governor that's actually being vocal about this stuff and saying, These, this is not okay. There's nothing about this shot that we think is recommended. We're advising you against getting the shot. And so you got to ask yourself the question, are you going to listen to the mainstream media that's continually lied to you for the last three years straight, literally lied? Every single thing they've said has turned out to be a total lie. Or are you going to do your own research and look at the own, your own facts and decide, you know what? I think I'm going to keep my body strong. I think I'm going to keep my vitamin C and D3 and zinc levels up, and I'm going to continue to stay strong all the days of my life. Decide what you want to do. It's your choice. Also, too, in other news, 
this is something I want to just throw out there. It's kind of a side piece. I always talk about this with wildlife on a regular basis. I bring it up because I try to encourage people to be wise when they're dealing with large animals. There's a video that surfaced. Somebody sent it to me this morning on my email. It was on Daily Mail, and it's a video of basically a giant black bear and her two cubs out in Yellowstone, which I've been out to Yellowstone before. Dad and I have been out there. Beautiful place. Great. I mean, it's really cool to see the scenery, see the wildlife. Awesome place. And there's a video of these black bears on the side of the road. And, of course, everybody's stopping. Everybody's getting out of their cars. A lot of people are taking photos with telescopic lenses. Totally cool, smart. Keep your distance. These are large animals, especially black bears with big claws. you ever seen them up close in person, which I have. And these, like, three guys, one of them carrying a child, they are running in this video, full sprinting with their camera phones, running towards these bears as fast as they possibly can to try to go get photos of them. So a bunch of people flag them down and tell them, basically, calm your butts down. What the heck are you guys doing? And this mama bear feels like you're about to threaten her, which you basically are. She's going to gut you. There's nothing you're going to do about it. If you ever see those black bears, and they're not even as bad as grizzlies, you see black bears, those mamas, if they get seriously mad and they get defensive mode, they stand up, they start swinging those paws, they will open your guts up in a second. There's nothing you're going to do about it. It's that fast. And yet you get these idiots, these city slicker morons that go out to these areas like this with these very, very large wildlife, and they're so obsessed with getting their selfie or their next photo to post on their stupid social media platforms that they're literally running at large wildlife at full speed. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you a question. This is just a question. You tell me how the different tables would be turned. You have a mother out in a parking lot getting her children together, getting them together out of their car, and she's minding her own business. And you have three grown men with cameras on their phones sprinting towards this woman with her children because they want to go take a photo of her. How do you think she's possibly going to react, especially if she can be a large, aggressive alpha female and she's carrying deadly force, maybe not a big old set of claws, but maybe a pistol? You're probably going to get shot in the face you do something stupid like that down here in Florida. You bum-rush a mom with her children in the middle of a parking lot. Why would you go do that exact same thing to a black bear? Get a photo, get a camera, get a telescopic lens like a grown adult, and go take a photo of the animal and get back in your car and ride out. You don't charge animals. Stupidest thing I've ever seen. It's like people want to go feeding pet 10-foot alligators out here in retention ponds and lakes in Florida. And I'm like, if you get close enough and you keep feeding them, you're going to be identified as a food source. If your children get around them, they are going to eat your children. Oh, no, they would never do that. I promise you they will. It happens. It has happened. It will happen again with idiots that don't use common sense. So just that's my side rant for the day when I see people doing stuff like this with wildlife. Use your brain, people, when you're dealing with wild animals. If you want to get a photo, get a photo. But don't be doing stupid stuff for social media, trying to take selfies with large animals that can kill you in one swipe. Just my two cents I thought I'd throw out there today on this fantastic Friday, Dad. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Austin. You got me laughing over here. I, I, I can't. I can't with these people. Uh, well, no. I mean, I mean I'll, okay, I'm going to tell you a couple of bear stories. I mean, we, since we're, we've gone here now. I might as well go here. Uh, I remember years ago, we were at Cades Cove in uh, North Carolina. It was like 19, just way back when Sharon and I first got married. And I'll never forget, you know, there was a mama bear in Cades Cove with two cubs. And Sharon, you know, saying, get a picture, get a picture, get a picture. And I'm like, you got to be careful with these bears, Sharon. You got to be careful. Oh, no, I want a picture with me behind her, blah, 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 which means I had to stand behind between her and her cubs to get a picture of Sharon behind her. And uh, sure enough, the, back, the black bears charged me, came after me. 
So here I am. All you see are elbows moving as quick as they can. And Cage Cove, that'd be me, running as fast as I can, looking at Sharon saying, I don't want to get killed here because this photograph. And the bear, after she got you know me away from her cup, she was okay. And they meandered off into the woods. And Sharon said, I don't think – I didn't think they would do that. I'm like, these are <laughs> – these are big animals, you know. They they're going to take care of their offspring. And then I remember another time we were in the Great Smoky National Park, and they had a shelter at the top of the mountain, Mount Leconte. And uh, you know, I was staying in the shelter that night, and we ran into a mother bear on the trail with about three or four cubs. I can't remember exactly, but there was a bunch of them. And uh, I remember they gave us a wide berth, and I thought, wow, there's a bear up here. And then I remember it was funny because the shelter was all closed in with chain link fence. It's open now, which is insane, but it was back then it was closed in, which was really kind of safe at night for big bears and predators, et cetera. And I remember some guys, it's foggy because we're up on top of the mountain, like five, 6,000 feet, and we're on, you know, in a cloud. And some guy's screaming, open the door, open the door. And he runs into the shelter, slams the door behind him, this chain link door. And here comes a big old black bear chasing him. Just, hoof, hoof, steam coming out of his mouth because it was so cold. And the guy was down there getting water at a little spring, filling his canteen. And the bear saw him, and he started running for the bear, and the bear chased him. So these are aggressive animals if you get them startled or if you basically start running away from them and all the other things that can happen. And so I've seen a lot of them in the wild, and I just don't approach them. You know, I've seen moose in the wild. I've seen you know, black bear in the wild. I've seen grizzly bear in the wild. You know, We've seen so many deer in the wild. When they used to have deer at Cades Cove, you couldn't even count them all. But now apparently the brain disease has killed most of them. And that's, by the way, in my opinion – the biggest reason we have this brain disease in these, these animals is a lot of people feed them GMO corn. That's the big problem we've got. And secondly, they're eating grass that's covered in aluminum because of the chemtrails. And they're, they're herbivores. And so I think a lot of these animals are being killed in our environment because of the spraying with the uh, geoengineering. So all of this stuff reminds us to stay away from these animals. You know, we've had buffalo in Yellowstone. Once we were out there with Austin and we were on a snowmobile. And we had some friends with us, Robin and Wendy Martin, and they were following us in the snowmobile. And we, we stopped on the road because there was a herd of buffalo in front of us. They walked right by us. You could have touched them, which we did not. And I thought to myself, this is interesting. And these are big animals because you don't realize how big these are until you ride beside them like that. They're huge. So be very, very, very careful, you know, when you're out, you know, in the wild. You know, be careful if you're on trails and you want to go run into a grizzly bear with a bicycle. You're probably not going to survive that. You'll probably get your head taken off, which we had that happen here a few months ago out there close to Yellowstone. All of these things happen in situations in which people are not paying attention and they don't respect how big these animals are and how wild they are. And Austin's exactly right. If you're going to walk by the swamp with your little dog, you know, on a uh, <laughs> on a chain, the chances are they're going to drag you and the dog if you're attached to the chain into the water. That just happened, by the way, here in Florida last year. The lady was walking. She's in her 80s, walking by a retention pond. Bill Gator comes out, grabs the dog. She tries to fight the gator. Eddie. The dog gets away. She gets dragged into the water. She gets killed. They come from up north, and they think these predators that are down here, these giant reptiles, will respect them because they're a human being. Well, I've got a news flash for you. They're not going to respect you. If they get hungry, they only see you as a food source. And if they see your animal, they will definitely see that. I remember years ago, I had a um, giant Alaska Malamute. His name was Baron. Big animal. He put his feet on a seven-foot fence. It's a big animal. He weighed like 170 pounds. I remember we took him out, you know, in the grove one day to go, you know, walk at him and we turn him loose in this lake there, Lake Maddie. And boy, he takes off right to the lake. I'm calling him. He's ignoring him. He starts right out into the lake. And all of a sudden, here come the gators. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're going to eat my dog. So I start shooting at the gators, you know, from, you know, 100 yards away. He's out, he's out that far out of the water. He loved to swim. 
and I'm, I'm getting close to them. I'm trying to hit the gator, try not to hit the dog. And it was enough to scare them away. And he got back to the shore and he wasn't taken down. They probably didn't know what he was anyhow because he was so stinking big. But the reality is if they'd have grabbed him, they'd just pulled him under that in the end of the barren. But the point is these animals are real and Austin's right. That's why Austin gets a permit every year and he hunts them because they've got to be. The problem is Lake Jessup near Orlando is the drop-off ground where they have to relocate alligators. And they're literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of alligators. And I am not exaggerating, by the way, in Lake Jessup. There, it's a place that's like a swarming mass of reptiles. And why in the world they don't just start killing these animals? Oh, that's right. The environmentalists don't want them getting killed, so they have to relocate them. This is so stupid. Alligators are no longer on the endangered species list. They should have never been on the endangered species list. These are reptiles that have giant clutches of eggs, and they have no predators once they get past a certain size. And they just get bigger and bigger and bigger, oh, except for pythons. <laughs> pythons will eat small gators. And uh, we have that going on down here, too, just in case you guys were thinking that it was okay to go walk around the Everglades. But also, I'm glad I also covered that because people need to be aware of that kind of stuff. By the way, Lauren Bobbert uh, gave the usher the finger after being booted from a Denver Beetlejuice musical performance. Real uh, classy of her, by the way. As the pregnant woman who sat behind the GOP rep- representative shares detail of the lawmaker's horrific behavior. Uh, she was kicked out of a performance of Beetlejuice. She was actually, she was actually in there vaping. <laughs> but, but here's the point. You know, when I was younger, I did. Gosh, I get true confession sometimes. I'd get mad at traffic, and every once in a while, I'd flip somebody off. I haven't done that in a long, long, long time. The, the problem is when you start doing this to the wrong people, they're going to pull a gun on you. They're going to chase you down. Just give you a heads up. Road rage is very, very real, and it's very, very dangerous. I've learned just to back off, let, let, let the nutbag do whatever the nutbag wants to do, and just not get into a conflict with a 4,000-pound vehicle. It's just not worth it because a lot of people – because whatever reason and they got picked on a school they use this car as a weapon and because now they have the power of a four thousand pound vehicle they're going to come after you or whatever so it's best just to avoid all of that crazy stuff it really is here's another article it says big tech's sinister agenda behind getting kids hooked on technology you know when babies are developing this is how crazy it is with babies developing with a tablet in their hands the next logical step ostensibly for the sake of everyone's convenience is to implant a cellular communications device yes a mini mobile phone in the bodies of our children whoa the surest way to corrupt a youth is to instruct him to hold in higher esteem those who think alike than those who think differently nietzsche Tablet should be part of a baby's world from birth, claims Professor Weirdo Annette Smith, a highly influential development in cognitive sciences whose study found that getting a young toddler to scroll actually may help improve their motor skills. I'm talking about the neurological damage. And I hear you ask, what about the accompanying risks? Shall we just ignore them? Let's face it, our kids' tablet provides such a useful means of keeping the little ones occupied, brain-trained, giving stressed-out parents a break who should have been more careful with the kids to start with. Wait until they get older. You can't get them off their cell phone or their own pornography. Just thought I'd mention that. Have you witnessed anything about children and their relationships with technology that makes you uncomfortable, bearing in mind the importance of subconscious programming during the early years of life, theta brainwave state? Do they constantly pull their phone out of their pocket during a conversation? Do you see them scrolling seamlessly and mindlessly? What have you witnessed when taking in your local neighborhood, perhaps children with their heads buried in their devices, empty, quiet parks where children used to play? Now they sit on their benches and look at their phones. 
whichever ever way you cut it, family dynamics are changing rapidly as digital technologies, which are basically forbidden to be used by the people who develop this technology for their own children, take an ever more important role in our lives as we continue to program and brain train our children. With babies developing with tableted hands, the next logical step again is to implant something into their brain. This is insane, and they're absolutely right. Also, I've covered this so many times on the show because we realize it's important that we continue to talk about this. Keep your children playing with toys. Keep them playing football in the yard. Let them play baseball in the yard. Let them take taekwondo or karate or jiu-jitsu. Let them do something that's going to help develop motor skills like that, but it's also going to help them to develop socialization skills in which they can talk to people. So many people out there can't even carry on a conversation now. They really can't. They're basically brain damaged. You try to talk to them. They don't want to talk on a telephone. And this is from Austin's age group down like 35 and down, they no longer pick up a telephone and call you, they text you. And I've seen it repeatedly, you know, in working with people and listeners and their children and everything else over the years, they get brain trained not to talk. They get brain trained to text. And then when you try to speak to them in a logical manner, they can't get off the telephones. You have to ask them to get off the phones. It's crazy. Or, or you'll be in the car with somebody, you're trying to carry on a conversation with them, and they won't get off their telephone. They just stay on the phone, stay on their phone, stay on the phone, and they ignore what you're saying, and they basically stay on the phone the whole time. And, and this is, this is, now, that's through every age bracket, all up to my age, you know, up into your 50s and 60s. You're going to have the same group of people doing the same thing because they've allowed themselves to be brain trained. Don't do that. Don't allow yourself to be so wrapped up on social media and being so caught up into that particular lifestyle and that way of thinking that everything becomes brain entrainment and entrapment. Very important. By the way, you guys have a wonderful weekend. You'd be blessed by the most high God. I thank God for all of you. I thank you that you support Health Masters. You get your toothpaste from us. You get your magnesium brain food from us. You get your multiple vitamins from us. So many of you are so kind that you'll include a gift you know, support the show with your orders. Thank you so much for that. That means the world to us when you do that. And I love you guys. I do from the bottom of my heart. And I'm so blessed to be part of your family and get to tell you stories about being chased by bears and all the other things that we talk about. Have a wonderful day. And remember, keep your boots on. You dig in. You stand your ground because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is. And the same power that raised him from the dead dwells in you. I love you guys. Also finish up. Uh, you're spot on, man, as far as keeping the tablets and the phones out of the kids' hands as long as possible. There's no question about it. It's becoming worse and worse. I've seen it. Talk to people about it. Most people don't care. Some parents that do care listen to me to some extent. But, I mean, I told you guys not too long ago, I, we went out to dinner with a whole group of people and all of our kids and stuff. And one of the couples had like a – I think his daughter's like maybe two. And uh, they had an iPad they put up front of, in front of her the entire time. All she did was stare at this iPad and play with this iPad. Two years old, guys. Two. Two. And uh, I finally said to the mom, I said, do you know she can play? I said, we're all, you know, crayons playing tic-tac-toe. We got these menus we're playing with, you know, paper, and the kids are drawing stuff. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, but I don't want her getting fussy. She just, if I do this, then she doesn't cry at all. And I'm sitting there looking at her going, do you even really listen to what you say sometimes? (laughs) Like, do you really listen to what you're saying sometimes? Yes, of course. You can pacify them with electronics, of course. For the temporary time being, they're not going to cry. But how do you handle that in the future? You have to have increasingly levels of entertainment and stimuli to keep them from crying to an extent of what? Would they have to sit on an iPad seven, eight, nine hours a day until they black out in order to keep them from crying? That's not healthy development. My gosh, that's not, that's not healthy brain development at all. It's horrible. 
it's so again, it's so important. You let kids get outside, man. Get sunshine. Let them go ground. Walk around, no shoes on, in the grass, roll around, learn how to do flips, learn how to climb trees, learn how to do jungle gyms, monkey bars, pull-ups, sit-ups, you know, everything. You know, there's a local place right down the road from us that I take Hunter all the time, and it's got kind of like a nin- little Ninja Warrior course they have in it, and he's always in them, and he's in, he's just blast through it now. I mean, he can get through it. I mean, I, I got to find a bigger course for him now to do. And they got a giant rock wall they do, and you can put harnesses on, and, you know, a lot of times I'll spot them on stuff, you know, and it's, it's so important because as kids continue to grow and develop, these children were designed to be active. They're designed to be out in the sun. They're designed to get fresh air. They're designed to be running, jumping, flipping, climbing, learning how their body can grow. What a shame it is for a child or for a man, for a woman, for a young girl to never reach or see what the full potential of their body can become, never taking their body to complete failure sometimes. That's why I have lots of people train with me in the gym sometimes. I remember dad used to do this. I mean, we, we used to train legs when I was younger. You know, Until you've taken your body to absolute failure to the point where you cannot walk, you push your body so hard, you are vomiting after your legs, you cannot function. You don't realize the extent of how far you can go. Now, I'm not recommending you train that hard all the time, or if you do so, make sure you do it. <laughs> you know what you're doing, and you have the body composition and the cardiovascular system to be able to handle the train like that. So I'm not recommending it. What I'm saying is, how do you know how far you can push yourself if you've never done it? How many pull-ups can you do until you go to failure? How many sit-ups can you do until your abdominal system cramps up and you can't move? How many can you do? Most people can't answer that question. Most kids have no idea. You ask my son how many pull-ups he can do? He's right around seven pull-ups right now. He should be up, he should be up probably close to ten pull-ups soon. Ask another six or seven how many pull-ups they can do. Let them see the question is. Uh, I don't know. I scroll on YouTube all day. I don't know what pull-ups are. Not joking. It's sad. That won't be like that around me. None of my friends' kids are like that. We're all active. We're all active as much as we can possibly keep them on a regular basis. So I encourage you, my friends, keep raising little Americans. Keep continually pushing them and encouraging them to stand up strong for what they believe and talk to them about certain topics, stuff that you know may not be popular, may be controversial. Talk to them about it. Explain it to them. Let them understand what's really happening. So I appreciate the support, my friends. Magnesium brain food on sale for 15% off, and yes – it is kid-friendly. My kids drink it all the time. You just have to check, drop the dosage way down on it. It's a very strong formula. And so I always tell people, even when they first start taking it as adults, you know, maybe start off with half a scoop, see how you respond to it, and continue to work your way up. It's a very strong formula. works really, really well. A lot of good results from it. So be sure to check it out on the website at healthmasters.com. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome weekend. Stay strong. Keep pushing, my friends. And we'll talk to you again next week, as always, on this show.
Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. 